0: Alright. So now I gotta now I gotta preach. Alright. Um so we're starting a new series. Uh we're starting a series where we're looking at the book of Hebrews. Um and it's a book in the New Testament. Uh, a little bit of back, a little bit of background on the book of Hebrews. It was probably written in the first century, so the first hundred years. Uh, after Jesus' death um, it was written mainly to Jews to uh, Jewish people who practice temple worship and stuff like that and so it was trying to help them understand where Jesus fits and all that um, they had the Torah the Old Testament uh, which is, hey does somebody know what Torah is? I said Old Testament but it's not exactly that tell me it's what? The Jewish holy book. It is Jew- Jewish holy books. Um, anybody know what the Torah consists of? What books the Torah consists of? Then if it it's the New Testament? No, nope, it, oh. it's not the New Testament, but that's a that's a good guess. It is it is in our Bible. It's the first five books of the Bible. Ooh, very good. You know, you, I oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You know, part of me doesn't want to take you seriously with that hat on, but then you come out with that, and i got to take you seriously. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's the Torah, the the books of the law. And these are very important in Jewish faith because they lay out how they believe God wants them to live. And so um, for them, understanding how Jesus fits in that is really important. Um, So... The book of Hebrews, one of the themes that runs through Hebrews is that Jesus is better than, right? So it's coming up with all these things that are in the first five books of the Bible, and it's telling these Jewish readers, Jesus is better than those things. Let me compare Jesus to those and show you that Jesus comes out on top in the comparison. And so the first thing we're going to look at today is we're going to say look at angels. And we're going to see what makes Jesus better than angels. So that's the question that we're asking today. What makes Jesus better than angels? So before we, before we really get into that, we need to define some terms. So I want you guys to explain what is an angel. Somebody, I, and I want full description. I want what do they look like, what do they do, how do they act? Are you ready to catch? I don't want to throw it. You're still writing. So tell me. Angels are, they are blessed things from heaven. Okay. Things from heaven. That's good. Things from heaven. What else? You were here last hour. Not no, Nobody from last hour. You, you guys already got this message here. Good catch. Okay. Um, what I've been taught, what an angel is, um, I've been taught that angels are, they're like, um, dead people, but they go to heaven and they bless us and they, um, like lead us in paths that, um, that we can't see for ourselves. Okay. Um, they are beings with, um, with, um, wings, like feather wings. Um, okay. They have halos above their head. Wings and halos. Got it. Um. And that's pretty much what I know. All right, very good, very good. Ooh. Cool. good one. Anybody else who wasn't here last hour? White robes, good. All right, so so those descriptions, those are pretty much the way when we look at our culture, those are ideas that we have about angels. That angels are. Some people believe that when you die, if you go to heaven, you become an angel. Um, uh, you know, when you read, when you listen, when you watch, uh, uh, it's a wonderful life, you know, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. A lot of pictures that we have of angels have them in a long robe with wings, big wings. A lot of times angels are women in pictures. You see a lot of female angels. Um, so here's the thing. I'm about to ruin your life. I'm sorry, sorry, so because, because the Bible definitely has angels in it, and, and the Bible is really the only, it's our definitive book about what angels look like, what angels do, what angels' roles are, so it, a lot of the ideas, in fact, most of the ideas that we just talked about, except for coming from heaven, are, are not anywhere in the Bible, In fact, the opposite is in the Bible. And I believe sometimes, sometimes I think, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, I just want you to understand this. I think sometimes Satan likes it when we get comfortable with an untrue image and think of it as harmless because then we're not really digging and trying to find out what God has to say about stuff. You know what I mean? We just accept stuff. So first of all, First thing you need to know, angels are created by God. They are creations, just like us. They were created for a purpose. In fact, the word angel explains that purpose. Angel means messenger, right? And so angels are meant to bring messages from God to people. We have specific messengers all through Scripture. Um, Abraham, angels came to him to tell him he was going to have a child uh, angels then came to his nephew to tell his nephew, Lot, that he better get out of town because they're about to level this place. Um, and an angel came to Mary to tell her that Jesus was going to be born. So angels do interact, but they they take specific messages from God. Um, and that's what the term angel means. Angels are spiritual beings. They're not they may have a form that appears to be physical, but their form is spiritual. So sometimes angels do appear very radiant. They glow with light, right? Sometimes angels can even appear as pure fire. They just look like a fire that comes down and floats in the sky, right? And and we've seen those in Scripture. There are several references. Um, The thing that angels do a lot of times is they minister to people. We see in the New Testament, we see after Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, it says angels came and ministered to him. They brought him food, they healed his wounds, things like that. Now, angels, when they appear, angels that we're talking about as specific angels that appear to people, never have wings. Sorry. Sorry. You never have wings. There's no reference to angels with wings like that. Now, I am going to talk about some angelic creatures that have wings, but we want to get... Those are a separate thing from what I'm talking about as a messenger who comes from God and appears to people. Angels are not dead people. They are created to be angels, just like you are created to be a human being. And I, I want you guys to understand, we're going to get to this later you were created to be something different from the angels, specifically, right? And here's the other thing too: every time angels appear in the Bible, and this is—I know this is going to hurt, make some people offended—they're always young men, and they usually look very attractive. They're very uh, appealing to look at. So here's my thing: some uh, some people last hour got a little upset. Why are they always men? That's not cool, right? And, and, and especially when you see all these illustrations of angels, they're all women with wings. And now I'm saying they're men without wings. But here, let me, let me throw this out. An angel's gender is angel, right? It's not male or female. Angels, angels don't love or hate. They don't have relationships. They don't marry. They don't have children, so they don't have gender. Gender is irrelevant to them, right? We create, gender is so that we have this idea of how we relate to each other in an emotional space, right? Angels don't need that. So here's what I would say. This is Chris' theory. I don't think angels have gender, but I think they appear as neither male nor female, so they are assumed to be young men so they don't have beards but they're they're strong they're they're tall so they come across as young men even though they really aren't men or women so but usually when it describes them in the old testament it describes them as young men now i did say there are beings that have wings that are sometimes called angels, but I want you guys to understand some people don't even call these angels. Some people delineate between these creatures and the creatures that I'm talking about. Some people call these heavenly creatures. They're mentioned in Ezekiel. They're mentioned in Isaiah. We're going to talk a little more about them on Wednesday night. So if you want to come to squads, you'll find out more about these heavenly creatures, but they are, they're specifically called the seraphim and the cherubim, right? The seraphim and the cherubim, or the cherubs. Now, when you, see, when you think of cherubs, some of you think of like the little fat baby with the air, with the bow and arrow, like the little Cupid baby, like, like Valentine's Day cherubs. I, I'm about to ruin your world again. All right, so cherubs are the most horrifying creatures you've ever seen in your life. If a cherub came in here right now, it would be like watching a horror movie. They are Huge creatures with six wings. It says with two wings they cover their head, and with two they cover their feet, and the other two they're flying. So they're bound up with these wings. But it also says they have eyes all over their body, even under their arms. So no matter where you are around them, they can see you. And they have voices that sound like thunder or music or both. And they, when they shout, it shakes everything. Um, they are such scary creatures. They give me chills, but they're but they're awesome, right? They're amazing. They're not fat babies. Why? Why would people believe that cherubs are fat babies? Like that's terrifying. That, that, like you go, "Oh, I'm going to go see a cherub." Ah! Right? so scary. And when you think about this, on the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark that God told Moses to make for his people, it has two cherubs, one on each end with their wings covering up. So it's not just a pair of wings, it's six wings covering up the Ark, these layers of wings. And so cherubs, though, have very specific roles. God doesn't send cherubs to tell people they're going to have a baby because they would probably have the baby right then right? Or just pass out, just die. (laughs) Cherubs are sent, for example, when Adam and Eve get kicked out of the Garden of Eden, God posts a cherubim with a flaming sword. So not just six wings, eyes all over a huge creature, but with a flaming sword like, come at me, bro. Like this monstrous creature. Like, That's why in Genesis, it never has Adam and Eve going, hey, let's go sneak back into the Garden of Eden. No. No way. They're not going anywhere near this creature. Terrifying. Now, there's also the seraphim who are mentioned, very similar. They have like multiple faces, wild, but they only have four wings, so a little less intimidating, I guess. Um, But they have a similar job where they aren't really messengers. They're more like guardians. And so some people believe that seraphim and cherubim have a a specific role and angels that we see that interact with human beings have a different role. And, And when people in scripture have seen seraphim and cherubim, it's because they've been caught up into heaven. Like Isaiah, when he comes before the throne of God, that's where he sees them. So these aren't creatures that come into our world so much, except in the Garden of Eden. That's the only place where we see them, like, taking up residence on earth, okay? And so, but most angels look like us, as far as we know. Um, So, uh, another thing, though, angels can do, we see it in uh, the story of Lot, when Lot, uh, Sodom, and Gomorrah have displease God, those angels come. And when the angels come to those towns, they completely level them. So angels can literally be like atomic bombs, like physical atomic bombs just lay waste to something. They have that kind of power, but they have that power that they're given from God. So when we hear about angels, these are super powerful creatures super powerful creations made by god and i think sometimes when we see those images of a woman with wings who's like oh let me help you i think we miss the point of what these things are they can make themselves into fire they can and and you got to understand too lucifer who is satan who's the devil who's the bad guy in the whole story was an angel he was the best of the angels. He was the iPhone 11 angel. He would probably be the iPhone 27 angel. Like he he's way up there. He's the best angel God ever made and he's so good that he says I should be God. Right? And so he rebels because he he can't see, he can't see any he doesn't have the the love for God to stay. And so when he goes, he takes other angels with him, and that's a different story for a different time. But, but we need to understand that in Hebrews here, it's explaining that Jesus is better than angels. And angels are powerful supernatural beings, but Jesus is better than them. And we got to understand why. And I have three things that I want us to look at. So first, let's look at this. The first thing that makes Jesus better than angels is his title, or I could say his titles, the things he is called, the things that he is, make him better. Look at this. This passage, this is from Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5. It says, For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father. So one of his titles is the son of God. God calls him son, right? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So he is the firstborn. He is the son of God and angels worship him. If he was just an angel, then he wouldn't be worthy of angels worship, right? In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice. It will be a scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness, hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. His companions are us and the angels. And Jesus has been set above us and the angels by God. Right? He also says... In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hand. So God is saying this about Jesus. He's saying, you are elevated above the angels. You are elevated above people. You are my son. You are worthy of worship. He doesn't say that about angels. So that's why Jesus is better than angels, because of his title as God's son, because of his role being an object of worship. So the second thing, second thing that makes Jesus better than angels is his sacrifice. His sacrifice. See, in the Old Testament, they had this idea that they could sacrifice lambs. They would take the blood of the lamb to sacrifice for the people. And they would have sp- specific times of year that they would perform these ritual sacrifices to ask God to forgive them, to atone for the sins they've done, right? To make up for them. So look at this verse here. This is in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. It says, in bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for, for whom and through whom everyone exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. So it's saying that, God made Jesus perfect through his sacrifice, through his suffering. He made perfect. Jesus is the pioneer. Pioneers are people who go first, right? When we talk about pioneers in, in the United States, pioneers are the ones who went out west when there was not much there and they scratched out a living. When we talk about uh, the first men on the moon, we say they are pioneers in space, right? Because they are the first ones there. So, Jesus was the pioneer of our salvation, but the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So it's saying Jesus and us are on the same family. That's a big line right there. He's saying, but the one who makes people holy and the ones who are made holy are from the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed. Jesus is not ashamed to call all of you brothers and sisters. Jesus isn't ashamed to call you that. That's a big deal. If you forget everything else, realize no matter how messed up you think you are, Jesus isn't ashamed to call you his brother. Jesus isn't ashamed to call you his sister. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. So Jesus... Jesus, through his sacrifice, wow, somebody's allergic to angels. So through through Jesus' sacrifice, he's better than angels. Angels don't sacrifice. Because in order to sacrifice, you have to love, right? If I say to you, if I say to you, I'm going to make you make a sacrifice in your life, you are no longer going to be allowed to do homework ever again not a sacrifice, no. right? No. <laughs> Eli, it would be a sacrifice for Eli, but for most of you, most of you you would be happy if to do that, right? So if it's something that you love and you have to give it up, that's a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice if you don't care about it. Right? So when you when you take old clothes that you've outgrown and aren't any good anymore to goodwill, you're not making a sacrifice. If you went and bought new clothes and gave them to a family who needed them, that might be a sacrifice if you don't have a lot of money to spend, right? So that's the difference. Love, caring, it has to matter for it to be a sacrifice. And angels, for angels, it doesn't really matter because all they do is obey what God tells them to do, right? So it's his sacrifice, it's his title, and then last, here, look at this, it's his sympathy. It's the fact that he has sympathy for us. By sympathy, I mean he he feels for us. He feels for us when we're in pain, he feels for us when we have loss, he feels for us when we're alone. Look at this passage, verse 14 said, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Look at this next line. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. It's not angels that he died for. It's you. It's not angels that he went through the suffering for, it's you. For this reason, he had to be made like them, like us, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service of God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. See, in order for him to shed his blood for us, he had to become us. In order for him to become merciful towards us, he had to see what it's like to be us. He had to experience that. So that's what makes Jesus better than angels. Because God calls him better. God calls him his son. He calls him a king, right? He calls him a high priest, right? He calls him a ruler, He calls angels servants, right, in those passages. He calls angels servants. Jesus is a ruler. They're a servant. Jesus is a son. They're a created being. He's better than angels because of his sacrifice, because he loved us enough to die for us. Love is what creates a sacrifice, Angels don't love us enough to die for us. If God said, die for us, they would do it. But it's just because they obey. And that wouldn't be enough. And he is better than the angels because he's sympathetic to us. When you sit alone at home after school and you feel like nobody cares about you, he knows exactly how you feel. When you lose someone you love, someone you love dies he knows exactly how you feel. When you feel like you're never going to get done and nothing's ever going to go right, he knows how you feel. He's sympathetic to you. You are his brother or his sister. And in that way, I would say Jesus is not only better than the angels, he's better than any relationship you're ever going to have in your life. Because he's never, never going to not understand what you're going through. Right? So that's why Jesus is better than angels. And that's why I hope that you understand that Jesus is the best thing that you could have. Let me pray for you guys, and then we'll wrap it up. Lord, I thank you for... I thank you for the book of Hebrews that shows us that you are better than. That you are better than angels. Lord, I know people who really, they think angels are the best thing ever. And Lord, I just, just to know that you are better than that. That you're as powerful as angels are. As amazing as angels are, you're better. And not just because you are above them, but because you Because of your sacrifice, because of your sympathy to us, you make us your brothers and sisters, and you pull us above them. Lord, I just pray that um, each one that's here, Lord, that if they do not know you, that they will take time to get to know who you are. Lord, I pray for each one that's here, that, Lord, they will see that angels have nothing compared to you. And, Lord, I just pray that... um, for each one that's here, Lord, that they will become your brother, your sister as they build a relationship with you. Lord, thank you for all you're doing in and through us, all you're going to do in Jesus' name, amen.